proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to whip a Dalgona coffee by hand. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Grey Fox Games. This week, we're talking about two-player games. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like 1889 and Forgotten Waters. Then, we revisit a topic we discussed all the way back in episode 20, some of our favorite two-player games. Finally, we wrap things up with a look at the etymology of the word duel. And now, here are your hosts, Andy and Crystal. One quick announcement before we hop into the episode, and that is if you were one of the prize winners from our recent contest and you were like, hey, where the heck is my prize? Uh, Just uh, so you all are aware, because the pandemic uh, and quarantine kind of hit right around the same time we announced the winners and I am high risk for COVID-19, I am not going to the post office right now. So any of the prizes that were coming directly from me have not been shipped yet. They are still safely in my house and I will be shipping them out as soon as it is safe to do so. So we apologize for the delay on getting those out, but hopefully you all understand why I haven't been able to do that. So it's been about nine months since I've played an 18xx game. Wait, what? <laughs> Coincidentally, that's <laughs> like a month older than my twins. <laughs> but um, I, I still haven't really, but I played a solo game of 1889. So Toby made a website called 18xx.games where you can play 18xx online. And right now 1889 is on there and I wanted to try it out. But I couldn't play with Toby since he's been busy working on the site in all his free time. So I just played solo three players by myself. <laughs> like I was playing all the players, which is kind of hard to keep track of. <laughs> yeah, that does seem a little bit confusing. <laughs> yeah. So so I named the players like Ambie, Toby, and Talbot, who's our other friend that we play with. So like I was kind of playing for us and trying to be kind of like them playing. <laughs> but... I didn't always do things that they would do, and I actually ended Wait, up... so you were role-playing an <laughs> yeah. 18xx game. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, uh, my character, <laughs> I didn't float at the beginning, and I was min- winning in the middle of the game, but then like I ended up taking over other people's companies that were about to die. That That's something that I usually don't do, because I usually play it more safe, so... I ended up having four companies with soon-to-be rusting trains, and I was able to survive with a bunch of train shuffling, which was neat. But then I was like in last place, and Toby was winning. So you have Ambi, Ambi, Toby, Ambi, and Talbot, Ambi. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I was also trying to do a, a yellow strat, like in the stock market. In the lower left corner is yellow, which means you can have a bunch of shares, but then also those shares are worth less, which is a strategy you can do. I've don't usually do it because usually I can't get the timing right and I still wasn't able to get the timing right in this one but like it seemed like it was working out and I was catching up because I had a bunch of shares and then they were paying out money and so I was catching up in the cash Uh, but then there was a bug (laughs) and so the the website is still in open beta right now so he's like working on bug fixes and I was excited because I got to find a bug for him Uh, but like yeah so the game didn't finish. I wasn't able to finish because it broke. <laughs> but it was really interesting playing as three players, and it was kind of tough, too. I don't think I want to do that again. 
<laughs> I mean, at some point in the future, people are going to look back on all of the gaming things we did during the pandemic, and they're going to be like, wow, that that was creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But some really cool things that I was able to do because it was the website is, um, well, first, it's calculating the math really easily and quickly. So like the payouts just go boom, and everyone has money and like, Everything, all the exchanging of money is instantaneous, which I'm not used to because I always play real life. And then also it it showed you the everyone's value, so like everyone's score through real time throughout the game, which I usually don't see because usually you think, oh, I think this person's ahead, but you're not really sure. So that was interesting too. It, it felt different. Um, also, Toby has a tool on the site where you can clone a game. I was playing and then partway through the game, I made a move for Toby that he wouldn't have made. And so I cloned the game and then it can branch off and you can play two separate games starting from that point to see what happens. I didn't finish the other game because after I like finished or almost finished the first game, I was tired. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. Like you can kind of see like, what if I did this? You know how sometimes you wonder that in the middle of games, you can do it. <laughs> but also the way I was actually able to play this is because I was able to play it on my phone. So I played it during the day when I was with babies or like feeding babies or something, which I normally wouldn't be able to do anything, but I was able to like play on my phone, which, which is really neat. <laughs> so that was 1889, which I played on 18xx.games, which is a website that Toby made. It's an open beta. You can play right now and they're getting more games on it. He's gotten permissions for a bunch of 18xx games. I think 18 Chesapeake is next which is another like good intro game. And also it like the website is good for introducing people to 18xx. Toby said that he read about a couple people who played that are new to the system in general and they said it was like pretty easy and straightforward probably because the math is done for you. <laughs> so like you don't get bogged down on that. So that's pretty neat. Okay, I have one comment and at least mm -hmm. one question. My <laughs> comment is I want to tell our listeners how much your face has been lighting up the entire time you've been talking about this. I mean, obviously, we all know you love 18xx games, but you are just clearly so delighted by this. And I just wanted to make sure that the viewers knew that because your voice is excited, but your face is just lighting up. Okay, so then my question is, so obviously, since you were controlling three players, you were playing essentially local multiplayer. Would that be an accurate yeah. description? Yeah, that's another thing. Like on the website, you can, there's local hot seat, which you can do, which is just saved on your device, but you can also do it online through the server. Um, and I just did local hot seat, which is why when the game broke, it's not in the server. So he can't like get it back for me. <laughs> but, gotcha. Um, okay. But you can play online multiplayer. Yeah. Is it real time or asynchronous? You can do either one. Uh, like okay. real time, you would be probably want to talk to someone or so, like, so you know that they're real time but right now yeah you can do async he has an email system set up so if you're not on the website then it'll send you an email when it's your turn oh nice yeah so like i mean this is a silly question but toby just decided to do this because it sounded like a cool idea <laughs> yeah well he's been wanting to do it for a long time a uh, few years ago he made rollingstock.net which was a website to play rolling stock which is his favorite game um and that one is it's a lot simpler rules-wise than 18xx because it's just a card game with the stock market. So it's just like financial part. 
But before he had made that, he had wanted to make this 18xx website. And he started with that because it was easier. Like, because he had started doing the map and, and it was too much. And he's like, ah, I don't feel like doing this. But then he finally was able to do this now. And there's a lot of people that are excited about it and helping contribute too. So that's really neat. I mean, I'm excited about it. And I don't even like 18xx games. <laughs> yeah. So I don't like playing Who games knows? online. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll actually play another 18xx game using this. Like, who knows? Anything could happen. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you got to play an online version of 1889 because I know you love that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am really excited about the game <laughs> I'm talking about today, too. I recently pre-ordered a copy of the new Crossroads game from Plaid Hat Games called Forgotten Waters. So Plaid Hat, a number of years ago, gosh, I don't even remember when Dead of Winter came out. It's a long time ago now, it feels like. Dead of Winter came out and Plaid Hat had said at the time that it was the first game in this Crossroads series of games. Mm -hmm. And then... Not a lot of Crossroads <laughs> games have come out since then, but this one, this one, Ambie, here's the thing. When I decided I wanted to talk about this game today, honestly, the only thing I truly want to tell our listeners is if you want to go on an adventure that is really fun and really surprising and just delightful, buy this game. Like, that's <laughs> kind of all I want to say I can explain the mechanics to you. So it, you, it is a pirate-themed game, and I don't usually like pirate themes. I've mentioned this in the past. Well, throw that opinion out the window, because this <laughs> game is great, and I'm a pirate now. And in the game, um, there are a bunch of different scenarios, and there is a web-based app that you have to use to play the game. Do not let that turn you away from this. I promise you. It is great, because they have voice narration for the story. So every time you run into a Crossroads event or like you talk to the captain, you click a button on the web app and it reads the story to you with voice acting. And it's the it's just so well produced, I can't even begin to tell you. Throughout the course of the game, you're using a big storybook that has different pages, which are different locations. That you, and you're moving around a board. It'll tell you what page of the book to go to. So you might be out at the open sea or you might encounter a storm or another ship or an island. So you might be like at port in a city all of the pages show those things. You have different actions you can take depending on what location you're at. And then those actions will potentially get you things. And you have a story that you're going through with an objective. Sometimes you know, you don't know the whole story or objective right at the beginning. You kind of just have to go exploring. I've only played the first scenario so far. I'm not going to spoil any of the story of it for you. But if you don't care about mild story spoilers, I actually played through the first scenario live on the internet. So there's a two-part video. Actually, Ambie will link it in the show yeah. notes because she's awesome. Where I played through the whole first scenario and got like the chat to kind of help me make decisions. It is normally a three to seven player game, but the designer has an official solo and two-player variant. And I played the solo variant and it worked great. Even though I was messing up one of the rules during my first section of the video, I fixed it later and it was all fine. So if you watch the first part of the video, and then you watch the second part, you'll see I fixed it right at the beginning of the part two of the video. I explained my mistake, but I should probably put a note in the video for part one just to let people know the part that I messed up. Regardless, even messing something up a little bit, it was one of the most delightful experiences I've had with a board game in ever. Wow. <laughs> like I was, I was trying to think of a time frame 
This truly, I think, is one of my favorite games of all time. Wow, and you just played it solo, right? I've only played it once, so admittedly, like, this is a first impression. I played it solo. It didn't feel like a solo play, though, because Mm -hmm. I was talking and interacting with the live chat. So it really didn't feel solo, even though it was. Everything about this game just clicks. It works well. It feels great. I I love it. I love it so much. I cannot wait to play it more. I hope that it continues to be just as amazing with future plays. But uh, I believe you can pre-order it from your friendly local game store, um, which I'm sure most of them that are taking orders right now would appreciate your business since a lot of storefronts are not open currently because of the pandemic. But uh, I'm not certain if Plaid Hat is still doing pre-orders. I don't think they are at this point. I think you have to order it from a game store, but I'm not certain. So look on Plaid Hat's website to see. But I I cannot recommend this game highly enough, truly. Like, I it just, it's so good. And there's a, a tiny bit of a real-time mechanism in it, Ambi, which you will like. Admittedly, it's a small part. But like, so it kind of helps remove that quarterbacking thing that a lot of cooperative Mm -hmm. games have because people only have 40 seconds to choose where their character is going to go at a location. So people can't force everybody to go where they want. Everybody just has to kind of make a decision real quick. So yeah, I could talk about this game forever. I did on a recent episode of Dice Tower tonight. (laughs) I will try and keep this brief. Forgotten Waters is delightful. I would recommend it to almost anyone. Pick it up, whether you're going to play it one player, two player, three player. I don't... Honestly, seven feels like a lot, but you know, who knows? Maybe it's great with seven. <laughs> so that is Forgotten Waters from Plaid Hat Games. Yeah, I was really tempted to pre-order it like last month or whatever when it was on pre-order at the website, but like I don't have time to play it right now. <laughs> so I don't know if like when we would be able to play ever. <sighs> yeah, well, it'll definitely be available from other stores soon I'm sure yeah. and yeah I I I can't think of who wouldn't like this game that's what's crazy <laughs> I I just there's I mean I guess if you're like the heaviest of heavy euro gamers then maybe but even then the mechanics in this game are solid so I don't know I just love it you don't like story I guess <laughs> yeah I guess but like the story is so good oh and I will mention I will mention briefly that like the story elements do have some mild adult language. I don't mm. know if there are adult themes. It says 14 plus on BGG, although I don't know if that's... That, that might be accurate. So there, there's some mild curse words that are used in the um, story part. So if you're doing the voice narration, you will hear those. And I, I would assume that there could be some mild adult themes... But just just be aware this is not a game for little children, even though I think it would be approachable. But mm-hmm. just that disclaimer is probably a little important. For our thematic discussion this week, we're actually going to revisit a topic that we talked about all the way back in episode 20, which holy moly, that was more than three years ago now. Yeah, <laughs> um, a long time. So... Yeah, so Cassidy and Ambi and I talked about two-player games. And I will admit, I re-listened to that episode and it was kind of, our thematic discussion was a little bit short back then. I think at episode 20, we were still getting our legs underneath us. (laughs) And we only listed a handful of games in that episode. And I definitely have a lot more two-player games that I know and love now that I want to talk about. Yeah, I didn't actually re-listen to it, but I looked at 
like the notes of which games we talked about and some of the two-player games were ones that already came to my mind like netrunner and BattleCon, which are games i still like a lot although i haven't played netrunner since a long time <laughs> but <laughs> you just you have fond memories of it yes i have fond memories of a lot of these two-player games we did mention in that episode that we all kind of like two-player games in instances where, like, let's say you show up early to game night and you know more people are coming, um, but there's only a couple people there at the time. And so you pull out a two-player game kind of to fill time or something like that. But I would say for me, two-player games, while they can be good as fillers, I have found some two-player games that are more substantial that I really enjoy over the past few years. And... Two-player games can work in a lot of different scenarios. Like, I think some people think here two-player and they think, oh, couples or whatever else. But honestly, a lot of my two-player gaming has been with good friends, not just my husband. So, like, my friend Elissa and my friend Kathy. <laughs> Kathy always loves when I say my friend Kathy on the podcast and I didn't <laughs> do it again. So, like, I've played a lot of two-player games with each of them. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know, the experience of playing a two-player game is more intimate than playing a multiplayer game sometimes. I don't I don't know if that's the right word, but it's it's like a more personal experience sometimes. Well, you can focus more on what that player is doing, I think. Well, for me, most of my two-player games are with Toby, uh, since he's also like super into board games. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a couple and so... It's it's like a couple playing board games, but we're also like a couple. We played like intense games too. So I, right, you're not you're not a board gamer and their partner. Yeah. You're two board gamers who happen to be married to one another. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I think like with two player games, it has a different feeling than more players, um, because you can focus more on what the other player is doing. And one thing that I noticed about two player games versus multiplayer is. Like, I don't like take that in more higher player count games because normally you're targeting someone and then it feels like you're attacking them. But in two-player games, when you attack someone, or when you attack the other player, then it's just benefiting you directly. And so you expect them to attack you and you to attack them because that's just benefiting yourself. So Right. There's no, there's yeah. no hard feelings. Like, yeah. You can still be bummed if they have a good turn, but it's not unexpected ever. Like, yeah. Yeah. In a four player game, if everyone is attacking you, you start <laughs> feeling a little bit hurt because yeah. you're like, this is just not fair. But in a two player game, you're like, well, that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yep, that puts I'm you the ahead. Same way. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't like being super antagonistic in some games or I, mm-hmm. I struggle with being antagonistic. Even in games that I really like, sometimes it's hard. And in a two-player game, I'm like, oh no, we can wail on each other all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But one example of a game that, that feels different, I think, is Azul. In that one, it's two to four players. But in, in four players, like, you can still take, you're taking tiles that other people might want or, like, leaving someone with the bad tiles. But it's just one person out of four that gets stuck with those bad tiles. But in two-player it's like you or them. So, and you're really paying attention to what tiles they want. So you can just take from them (laughs) and it's more, more in your face. For sure. There are a few games like that, 
that aren't necessarily made just for two players, but mm-hmm. work really well with two players. Mm-hmm. A few of the ones that I really love that are not dedicated to player games, but I love playing them with two people. Race for the Galaxy is really good at two. King Domino, I actually prefer playing King Domino with two players unless mm. I'm using both of my copies of the game in a four player game, <laughs> which I yes, own two copies of King Domino. <laughs> And I think uh, Chronicles of Crime is also really good with two people. You can play Mm. with more, but I think with too many people, Chronicles of Crime gets a little bit like, it's too hard to make decisions when when there's lots of people, but two people, you still can bounce ideas off one another, but it's easier to make decisions. And I really like that. Yeah, I think similarly to that, I like a lot of the escape room type games, two player. Unless they're Ooh, ones call. that need a higher player count. <laughs> but No, I, I, yeah. I agree 100% with that. <laughs> yeah, because you, you want to both be, like, if there's too many people, you can't all see what's going on. And, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Because, yeah, if you play an escape room game solo, if you get stuck on a puzzle, you're just yeah. stuck on a puzzle. Whereas <laughs> with two players, at least you can kind of like, okay, you look at this one for a mm-hmm. second, see if you can figure it out. Yeah. Um, you, and you can bounce ideas off one another. That's a really good point. I think mm-hmm. two players is probably my favorite player count for escape room games as yeah. well. Yeah, me too. It definitely feels like game designers and game publishers are more cognizant of the player counts they list on their boxes. And this might just be my own perception, but I feel like nowadays there are more games that when they say they work with two players, they work with two players. Whereas I think in the past, it was there were more instances of wide player count ranges on a box that weren't necessarily great. Like <laughs> I'm thinking of Seven Wonders specifically, mm. um, things like that. But I I think that now... And especially like if a game does have to have variants, I think game designers are getting better at that as well. Although admittedly, last episode, you talked about the crew and how at two players, it's not the best. <laughs> yeah, but on the box, I think it says three to five. So like, it's not, oh, it's that's a variant. True. Okay. So you're, yeah, you're not yeah, expecting yeah. So, it, right? It's like, okay, so we, we tell you three to five, but you know mm-hmm. what? If you really want to play it with two, we will give you the tools to do yeah. that. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. So what are some dedicated two-player only <laughs> games that you like so since the last time we talked about this i ha- actually haven't played as many two-player games as i used to because we got into 18xx and those need three players or more most of the time but one that i like that i didn't mention before was the ravens of three sahashri that's a cooperative two-player asymmetrical card game i've talked about it some before but it's, it's very unique and puzzly and i really like it and I think I like playing cooperative games a lot, like two-player. I like cooperative games anyway, but two-player is like true. Is fun. <laughs> ditto. I think ditto for the same reasons that we were talking about with the escape room games. Like mm-hmm. you don't have lots of, you don't have too many opinions in the room trying to make decisions. You just have two people that can kind of talk through a thing and it feels nice. Yeah. To that end, there's some cooperative two-player games that I really like. I think a good one to mention is And Then We Held Hands, which I've also mentioned on the show before, which is a really unique two-player game. It's a very special two-player game. It's so different than anything else that I own or have played because the players don't get to speak during uh, gameplay. You have to just communicate non-verbally, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting and I really like it. Similarly, Fog of Love is another two-player game that I picked up and fell in love with in the past few years. And it is just delightful it's really it's a neat experience if nothing else 
And there are definitely some other two-player games that have kind of become regulars for me. Hanami Koji is almost always in my quiver, my thing that holds card games, and it is one of my favorite two-player games by far. I recently talked about Unmatched, which I really like and I think is going to become a favorite for me as well. Circle the Wagons is a great two-player game from Buttonshy Games. And you know what? Codenames Duet. I think I've talked about this on the show before as well, but I burned myself out on regular Codenames hard after it came out. And I, when they, I heard they were releasing Codenames Duet, I was like, really? Another Codenames? Really? <laughs> yeah. And then I played it. And Codenames Duet is delightful. It reinvigorated my love for Codenames. And I will always play Codenames Duet, even though regular Codenames kind of you know, doesn't interest me anymore. Yeah, Codenames Duet is a lot of fun. And Toby and I are not great at it. Because um, <laughs> when, when we play regular Codenames, we're usually not on the same team. And when we are on the sh- same team, we're like on totally different wavelengths and just get it wrong all the time. So yeah <laughs> we should play codenames duet more though yeah i wonder if there's a way to play codenames duet online it would be fun for you and i to try and play that at some point maybe i bet we could figure out a way to do that i mean um, we could probably just do it with a webcam oh yeah that's true <laughs> yeah we could we could probably make that happen um and i do like that it feels like in the past two-player games were often small card games or abstract Mm -hmm. games, which we haven't really even touched on many abstract games. And I think there have been some more robust two-player games that have come out in the past few years. Mm -hmm. Um, The one notably for me that I really like is Dulasaur Island, which Mm -hmm. is the standalone two-player game in the Dinosaur Island line of games. And it's, it's a pretty robust experience, but it's just for two players and I really like it. Yeah. There's a lot of two-player games for Uwe Rosenberg's games, like the All Creatures Big and Small for Agricola, and then I haven't played oh, yeah, most Caverna, of them, though. Cave versus yeah. Cave or yeah. whatever. I haven't played most of them. I did play the one for Lahav last year, and and it was really enjoyable. So That's cool. I've never played the big versions or the small versions <laughs> of those games. And there are definitely some two-player games that are on my list of things that I want to play and haven't. Mm-hmm that I know are really popular, things like Star Realms, Fox in the Forest, Targi, and Star Wars Rebellion, which I own <laughs> and have still never played. I really want to play Star Wars Rebellion. I don't have anyone to play that game with. Like, I don't have the right friend for that game, I guess. Nobody is interested. So Aww. I gotta I gotta figure out a way to find someone to play Star Wars Rebellion <laughs> with me at some point. Well, it seems like two-player games should not just be discounted as couples games or filler games. They are robust and wonderful. And hopefully, if some of you are trapped at home during the quarantine and you're thinking, hey, you know, there's two of us here. Let's order a board game and play it. Uh, Maybe some of these recommendations will help you out. For today's etymology segment, I'm going to dive into the history of the word dual. The English noun dual originated in the late 15th century and has had different spellings over the years, including the previous Latin form of the word, which came from the late 13th century. That word meant a single combat as well as a judicial single combat. It can be traced back to the medieval Latin duellum, which meant combat between two persons, as well as a regular Latin word of the same spelling that meant war. The English word dual and its general definition of 
any contest between two parties is from the 1590s. But in the 1610s, it had taken on the more specialized definition of premeditated and prearranged single combat involving deadly weapons in the presence of at least two witnesses. Obviously, cubes and meeples are the best weapons in any board game duel. So here's hoping this information helps give you an edge the next time you do battle in a game. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, BoardGameBlitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Grey Fox Games. If you missed backing the new game, for science, when it was on Kickstarter, you can still pre-order the game with the pledge manager for the next couple of months. Do it for science! Grey Fox Games, quality games, cleverly crafted. Did you know you can support our show and get cool perks for as little as $1 a month? Become a patron to listen to unedited episodes and join our private Slack channel which lets you chat with us and other Blitz tiers directly. Head to patreon.com slash boardgameblitz to become a patron today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Marlowe. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, when the game's on the table, open up the box, open up the box, open up the box. When the meeples give you attitude, place them on their spot, place them on their spot, place them on their spot. Bye, everyone. Bye. Okay, for our, okay, 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 for our, <laughs> okay, okay, what's happening? I don't know. Oh. Totally on different, uh, different wavelengths. wavelengths? <laughs> yeah, I, but then that's, there's a game wavelength, and I was like, that sounds weird if I say that. <laughs> Time for the alliteration puzzle. Last episode, we asked you to retheme a movie that's like the movie Alien. For birds that Cinderella sang about, who are sick to their stomachs. What game was that, Ambi? That was Nauseated Nightingale Nemesis. <laughs> oh, please don't throw up on our games, Nightingales. <laughs> uh, all right, this episode, we are asking you to retheme a two-player game with camels for someone who is going for a casual run but keeps hopping off the ground. Good luck, everyone. <laughs>